Good evening, mortals. Or good morning. Or good afternoon. Whenever you're listening to this, I hope you're having a good time. Uh, it's us. We're back. Post show episode 29. Uh, we brought the heavies for this week's episode. We give the full series review on Vivi Florite's I Song. Say that three times fast. Before Grant gets into Metroid Dread, the video game that just dropped on Switch. I briefly talk about the anime series 86, uh, now that I'm up to episode 6 or so, and my current thoughts on that series, before we recap Spooky Season, because it was Halloween. And then Grant gives his review on The Lighthouse, the Robert Pattinson movie that I've been dying to see. Not new, just lazy, um, but thankfully he saw it for us and gives us his thoughts. Uh, Then we jump into Dune, this new indie flick in theaters. We give a non-spoilery review um, because we appreciate you guys, and you're welcome. Uh, Then we end the show on Peaky Blinders and Squid Games, another new indie flick uh, that we think you should check out on Netflix. Thank you guys so much for listening. Enjoy. Oh, hey there, fella. Hey, Dave. Well, how the hell are ya? Pretty good, pretty good. Podcast night. Mm Mm-hmm. Farmer's daughter again. Mm. Yeah, coffee. It is so late. Are you kidding? Oh, you switched to decaf late, right? No, no, I, I'm totally on high test right now. Why? Yeah. Why would you do that to yourself? Just, I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes I just want to punish the body. <laughs> <laughs> just, just straight up masochist. You won't yeah. have a hard time sleeping. No, no, no. I'm sure my the quality of my sleep will not be ideal, but. I close my eyes. I sleep. Really? Like, there's no... I, oh, my God. Do you take any kind... Yeah, no kidding. Do you take any kind of sleeping aid of any kind? Yeah, it's called this magical ability to close my eyes and oh, just right. fade off into the ether. Really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm really lucky that way. Yeah. Yeah, that's obscene. Okay. Well, good for you. Drink all the coffee you want, son yeah. of a bitch. Okay. Um, I'm thinking we should start with one of two things. We've got the heavies this week mm, yeah. um i don't know if you remember but last week we didn't talk about vivi Floride sai song because you had finished but i had not so i wrapped that up mm-hmm. but then we both also saw the same movie mm. so which would you like to start with i think we should start with one of those and, and just jump right into it philip defranco style well I think we're an anime pod. Let's do Vivi because that's been that's been sitting in the background for a while. I've been wanting to talk about that. So. We are an anime pod. Is it fresh yeah. in your mind? Do you want a refresher? Yeah, maybe here because it's been about a week and a half, maybe a little bit longer since I saw the finale. I did go back and rewatch the finale a couple of days ago. Oh, nice. Ago, so just just to feel again, you know, I wanted that moment, <laughs> that moment again. So yeah, so I think uh, obviously spoiler, you know, alert for uh, anybody losing. Sorry, man, that's gonna happen every time. Jesus, I I should really, I should be a little more professional about this. Um, okay, spoiler alert for Vivi Florite's I Song. Um, we're gonna do the whole series here. So I think basically in the finale, you know she gets a couple of false starts where they go back in time once they fail then they have to go back again and uh you know i think the tldr version is that they pull it off she sings her song that she's written herself um and the reason that happens is because we learn that the ai uh the archive um it had its own mission this whole time mm. and its own mission was to protect humanity but in the typical fairly you know uh routine trope of ai at this point it pulls a skynet and realizes the only way to protect humanity is to end it um and so that's why it, it starts killing uh everybody but at the same time it builds in like kind of a fail safe for vivi because i think it considers vivi to be the closest thing to human other than humans uh mm-hmm. because she was able to show creativity so anyway after a lot of really fun action-packed sequences and heart stringy moments uh she pulls it off and uh stops uh the apocalypse and it seems she dies with it and then there's a short epilogue that suggests maybe she didn't and i think it's a little bit open-ended uh intentionally how'd you feel about the series as a whole how'd you feel about the finale so a series as a whole 
you know, like re- like really good ride. I think you and I, you know, when we both started watching it, we were very high on it, like right from the get go. I yeah. think. And you know, like I, I didn't hate the finale, but there was a kind of a lot of. It, it, it kind of to me it seemed, it's a limited series, like there's only so much they can do with a finale, right? Like they kind of gotta really wrap it up, you know? Like yeah. it's, it's not like where you know they can rely on a second season, to kind of you know gradually tease some stuff along like they, they have to kind of get everything out in the finale which i they kind of did the I, the archive thing i liked that you know it was kind of like oh it was right in front of our nose the whole time without even like we had no way of knowing but it was mm-hmm. just kind of like the villain's been with us the whole time which which, which was nice kind of cool it's kind of like a the villain is the cloud kind of thing yes. like <laughs> yeah like like you said skynet like you know mm-hmm. it, it was nice to kind of see a skynet type story without it like fully you know dedicating itself to that like you know it's good to see it change it up a little bit the other thing <laughs> i i think we had mentioned you know a couple of weeks ago there's one point in the show where I, or actually it might have been right after i watched the first um episode i was like i don't i don't fully buy into the time travel thing like in in the pilot but they were kind of just like like fucking deal with it like it's time travel now yeah and, and we went into the past and I kind of like that they doubled down on that in the finale of like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense, but fuck you, it's what we're doing kind of thing. And I was like, well, it's your story. Like, I, I, I kind of get that. You know, they didn't, they didn't bring us their, I think the benefit to them, I know I'm a bit of a rant here, but no, no. The, the benefit to the viewer is they didn't share too much of the time travel, like mechanics you know, the machi- or, the, you know, the machinations of, of the thing. So it was kind of just like, I guess they went back. You know, it's just, yeah. it, it, it kind of worked to their advantage. And it was kind of like, not a fuck you to the fans, but it's like, yeah, they went back in time and we were going to do it again. You know, it was, it was kind of refreshing. I, I actually totally agree because I think, you know, uh, movies, uh, TV, anime, whatever the medium, you see that a lot. Um, you see mm-hmm. a lot of movies try and figure out the whole, how are we going to get the audience to buy in to the time, time travel thing? You know, um, the Russo brothers are come to mind because of Avengers mm-hmm. Endgame. Spoiler alert. <laughs> sure. Yeah. But you know they did this. They did this big press tour where they had to field thousands of questions about it. Um, oh, you're just excited, eh? Sorry, um, first. And like you know, there's they had to field all these questions about time travel, and they had to build it into the script in a way that is like believable and they even had to devote a whole scene to be like oh actually time travel doesn't work the way it does like in back to the future like because the moment you like open pandora's box right like we've talked about this before like the moment you do time travel like you just kind of create a problem in that universe um and now you have to answer all the questions it is almost kind of refreshing we're like nah fuck that like we're not doing this we're not playing 20 questions you i think they had like a one line a throwaway line like oh and then you know Matsumoto discovered or Mr. Masumo which that was a really fun reveal realizing mm-hmm. that he was the one that created Matsumoto um, I loved that episode it was in the second half of the series but anyway he's like oh he figured it out that if you do X it works and it sends mm. stuff into the past done over onward with the series and like I don't know anime is so fucking weird sometimes with time travel with things like isekais um, world building that like this is a good medium to just tell the audience to just like swallow it you know what I mean yeah. like just deal yeah. with this so this is what you're being served you know like there's no you can't really look into it more than what you're presented with yeah just deal with it and you know I you know you look at classics like Attack on Titan Full Metal Alchemist it's you know no one's sitting around poking holes you're just happy for the world building right yes um, and I think this is a, another really really good example of that um on the whole, um, you know, were you satisfied with the conclusion? I, th- I think so. In I think when I finished, the, maybe the one regret I had was I wasn't watching this on a week-to-week basis or I sat mm. down and I binged it, you know, front to back in like a day or two. This show, I think me personally, and, you know, you kind of were on a similar 
like on and off viewer, viewer like viewing as I was. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's too much time in between like a run of episodes that I would watch because there is so much like little detail that carries over, and then also just you know the whole plot of like time is moving forward like at you know at significant marks like you know decades or a couple years kind of thing. So <clears throat> it was kind of hard to like piece it all together because I think it was too distanced for myself. So I think I kind of like ruined my my viewing a bit a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely due for another rewatch, but the show is beautiful, man. Like it's you know how many times have we said it on on, on the post show? Like we've been so spoiled this year, and mm-hmm. the show is just another package. Like you know it had the beautiful like the music was great, the musical cues because the show is just all kind of wrapped around the theme of you know the heart and singing from the heart and the way they used music that way and. You know the visuals, the action, like the very limited action. But like when it was on, it was like, hey, like let's let's take this thirty-five, you know, to you know, minute long or thirty-five seconds to minute long sequences and just really throw in the animation. And yeah. it worked that way. You know, it wasn't like stop, start, stop, start, stop, start. It's like, okay, this is the action sequence, and we're gonna run it out till it's done. You know, they were it's over. Very reliable uh, on their action and the way they delivered. Like, this show has some of the best stills and best action sequences I've seen in a really long time. Yes. Um, it, inconsistent, you know, really reliable. And, like, they, they do these, these frames of, of Vivi sometimes where, like, I, I don't know what you would call it. Like, sometimes, uh, I'm sure there's a term for it. It's not Sakuga, but it's close, where it's like, you know, you draw, you're used to seeing a character one way, but then, like, for whatever reason, something really emotional is happening in the plot, so they take it a moment to animate that character or just draw them in much much more vivid detail than you're used to seeing and sometimes like, even even moments in this season i think my favorite moment we talked about it the, the last time we talked about vivi is they almost like went to like a completely different animation style for like the still shots and almost like yep. it was a hand-painted look yes which yes yes was definitely the most soccer in the moment between um the toke guy like the android version of a younger i'm blanking on the guy's name um I know he what was, you mean, yeah. You know, but like he's, you know, he was an Android version that looked like the younger self of this one guy, mm-hmm. and the throwdown the two of them had. Yeah. You know, I think it was it was it was the episode where Matsumoto and, throws down with uh, is it Grace? Yep, Grace, and then Grace's like other robot as well. Like th- that stands out as some of the most unreal action, and they kind of threw yeah. more of that in the finale too, which I think, but they never dialed it up. T- to that high, I find. Yeah, I think uh, they, they, there's a lot of high points for action. Uh, when they're on the, was it the sunlight, the sunfire, the uh, satellite in space? Sunrise. The sunrise. Yeah. Um, she has a throwdown with Beth that is super great. Um, the first fight with Beth is very good, yeah. Y- yeah. Anyway, really, really reliably great uh, animation. The chemistry between Matsumoto and Vivi is outstanding. Mm. Matsumoto is one of the best supporting characters ever. Yeah. Uh, for me, like I came out of that uh, and I thought that was beautiful. Um, the ending sequence of the finale, like the montage, the music, while she's singing and sort of like collapsing the whole way through, I thought that was like one of my favorite mm. climactic moments. I got goosebumps. We're talking about it right now. I got goosebumps. Yeah, <laughs> Vivi and Matsumoto moments. both yeah. kind of learn from their mistakes because they both fail the first time, right? That might mm-hmm. be like one of the really cool twists the fact that they fail the first time and they have to do it again and you get to mm. see them fix like these little because i watched those two episodes back to back and you mm-hmm. get to see them fix their mistakes because they it's like you know they've just run this playthrough of a video game and they're like restarting from their last save but they have all the knowledge mm-hmm. yeah um i thought that was really cool and you know there's this theme throughout the whole movie um or not the movie the whole series about her asking you know what does it mean to pour your heart into something? And then there's that, you know, these lyrics to her song about how it's her memories, right? It's her experience and it's giving you all, you know, this big montage. And it just sort of seems like the answer to that question is just like kind of just what you've been through, her memories, her life. You get a bit of closure there and she does feel really, really human. And then I, I love, I kind of like that they kill her. I thought mm. that was a, I thought that was like the right decision to, because they kind of both fulfilled their mission. Yes, the um, and you know like the like just you had mentioned earlier like the chemistry between Matsumoto and and Vivi or Diva is, you know, the thing is like even though Matsumoto would probably be second billing in this show, right? Mm-hmm. He like he does a lot with very little. Like he's in almost every episode and like, lots of heavy lifting. Very limited. 
heavy lifting, but also has like very limited line reads. Like he doesn't, he, like he's there, but he's not. It's it's actually crazy when you think about it. Like how much you can do with a little. You know, it's a big performance, but with so little time to really he's expand, like, uh, make that character. It's 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 shocking, honestly. Like he's I like, haven't seen too many characters like him. Yeah, he's like what that Peter Dinklage part in Destiny should have been. Sure. <laughs> Doesn't Peter yeah. Dinklage play like a cube AI in those he did Destiny until they, uh, until they ripped it all out? <laughs> yeah, because it's pretty robotic, but not in a fun way. The guy yeah. who plays Matsumoto in this, like, talk about doing a lot with a little. Like you were just yeah. saying, like. Uh, what do you call that when you get really tight pronunciation, but you're saying it fast and uh, staccato? He had like extremely mm. good staccato. Like, like he was like, it. It's just like new, the punchy. guy he had knew. A very punchy landings on every word. He had, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was like a really stellar performance, and yeah, the hell of a duo. Actually, you know what I noticed in the finale, or maybe the penultimate episode, uh, and you don't get a ton of him, but human Matsumoto or Masumo mm. Matsumoto, the guy who invents, you know, uh, the guy that does everything, the time travel fellow. That's uh, mm-hmm. the same voice actor as uh, Zeke in Attack on Titan. Oh, okay. Yeah, fun fact. Oh, that's interesting to think back. I do love the moment where, like, they kind of meet, and he's like, well, you can call me Matsumoto, you can call him the doctor, because I'm Matsumoto. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, he's kind of just, uh, good, good humor. That's the thing, too. It's not, I wouldn't call it a funny show. You know, it is kind of... But it has some very poignant, funny moments, right? Yeah, like when it, when the levity is needed, you know, they have these characters to, to use that. And um, I think the other standout is... And I think it's one of the things they could have improved on, maybe, is they really teed up all the sisters. And they had the moments with the sisters. Mm-hmm. But I feel like at the very end, you know, we go back to Beth and... Beth had the most story like we kind of got invested in because we got to see her the second time mm-hmm. and also it just makes me wonder that if we had seen some of the other sisters like for that extra episode mm. you know like we would have also got like fuller stories with them and I think it would have you know brought Vivi up as a character a little bit more like kind of knowing that lineage kind of thing so it's just, it's not a matter of like it just wasn't good it was maybe you know this show, I think the show could have benefited from like a couple more episodes you know not necessarily filler episodes but I think just kind of like you know make things a little more concrete leading up to the finale it would have made a hit just a little for me a little bit I actually think the finale is one of the weaker episodes of the season really interesting I love you it. know I think like everything's at like a at least like a seven and higher you know if you were to rank an episode obviously yes yeah, but fair, I think yeah. the finale is like a seven for me like a seven really? and a half yeah there's I find the middle the middle run of episodes from like six to maybe nine are, are probably the strongest. I think I might agree with you there. I remember, I remember loving six. That was the, six uh, and seven are very, are very good. the island one. And uh, I remember yes. just having such a blast with that. I was like, this is like something I haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really creative. I, you know, for what it's worth, I do agree with you though, that this was a little bit spaced out and this is absolutely on my list of things to just kind of binge, uh, re-binge mm-hmm. or re-watch at, at whatever point. Like, it's short and sweet. It's 13 episodes. It's, uh, you know, it's standalone, original. Um, I love all of that. So that, um, Sunny Boy, you know, come the new year probably, or maybe like winter holidays or something, I'm definitely going to spin those up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, because I have a feeling that, you know, we probably missed a lot of little things, and this is kind of one of those shows that you want to you wanna catch those things for, to appreciate them. And um, I'm glad yeah. you you had sorted out that there was like post credit scenes for just about every episode. I feel like that really would have filled in some spots. Yeah, there are a couple there. To episode, you know, like I watched that one and I was like, oh my god, if every you know kind of post credit scene is like this, that has like the gravity of this, you know, I, I missed a lot. You know, I mean, it would have yeah. teed up, made more sense for the following episode. So yeah, it's you know for that alone, gotta gotta, gotta get a rewatch. So. Yeah. All right. That was uh, Vivi Florite's Eye Song. One of, you know, we're not, uh, I don't know if we gave it a rating or not, but definitely one of the highlights of the year for me. That was a really fun one. Big, big time, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to bounce it over to you. Maybe we take a break before we get into the other big review. Maybe we do something sure. light. Is there anything the, that you can think of? If not, I have yeah. a few. <clears throat> no, I got, I got a couple things. So, the um, a couple weeks ago, uh, a new Switch game came out. Um, it's a return for the Metroid series. Okay. Um, so Metroid Dread came out uh, in oct- early October, and I've never played a Metroid game before. Me neither. But the thing is, I am a huge fan of the genre that's 
came from Metroid. Like, mm. I, I love Metro, Metroidvanias. You know, it's one of my go-to genres that I've played over the few years. You know, like, we, we had talked earlier in the year about, you know, Ori and the Blind Forest and Will of the Wisp. Those are Metroidvanias. Oh, okay. You know, I, you know one of my favorite games. Like, when I, when I first got my Switch, like, you know, when it, when it came out, you know, however, you know, four or five years ago, the first game I bought for it was this game called Steam World. You know, it's a Metroidvania-style game. And anyway, it's just a genre that I fall in love with, but I've never played any of, like, the founding fathers of the genre. And there's, so there's this brand-new Metroid game. And, you know, with never having played one, I jumped right in of, like, I know the beats because all these, all these games that are following its legacy, you know, it's like, you know, you, you go through, you know, it's like a side-scrolling, or it's like a side-to-side full map game. You progress, you find a new item, and then that item allows you to kind of backtrack and open up new areas yep. and find like hidden alcoves and stuff like that. So, you know, it's set in space. You're on a planet. You know, you're you play this character like Samus, who's like a very famous character now in like you know the the annals of video game characters. And you know, like it's recognized. It's like I knew everything about the series <laughs> without ever having like. I only I only knew her because of uh, Smash Brothers, right? Oh, exactly. Yeah, for sure. And you know, it's. A day, I, honestly, I have not been able to put it down since I started playing it. Really? Um, I yeah, I <clears throat> I picked it up like a week or a week and a half after it came out, and it's pretty much the only game I've touched. And I'm really? yeah, I'm just about to beat the or I'm about to get towards the final boss. I'm guessing it's just the vibe I'm getting. Just a quick game. Um, all I can say is if anyone is listening has a Switch and it's not super super challenging, but it is probably one of the must-own titles for the Switch. Really? Genuinely. When it comes for first-party titles, the, this game has everything. Like, it's just the... You know, we were talking about Ori and the Blind Forest. It's just nice that, you know, when you hit a command on one of the... Whether it's the D-pad or the toggles or... Like, everything is just so snappy. Like, whatever you do, it happens. Like, everything has its, its movement, you know? It's not loose mechanics like, you know, some games are. Like, does, some games are designed that way. Mm-hmm. It's just very, very tight good story lots of stuff to discover you know like learning the mechanics and you know fight like some of the best legitimately some of the best boss battles i've seen or played in a game in a long long time like very well thought out fun obvious like you learn it's it's just one of those games where you can you know you you get destroyed or you get killed and then mm-hmm. you just jump right back in you're like hey i learned my lesson i know how to do this and you know, it's it's all about verticality and learning your environments and playing. It's there's a lot of like uh, cat and mouse segments in the game where there's these. So like one of the main villains is a series of robots. They're called Emmys, and they touch you, it's game over. Hmm. You know, they, they they grab onto you, and you almost have like a <clears throat> like a there's like almost like a flash. And if you hit the timer, rec- like you can counter like the instant kill, and you can get away for a second. But even then, like it, once it kind of comes back to you, if it touches you again. And the timer is so fast. Like I remember reading an article when it was coming out. The developers were like, "Yeah, you're not you're not designed to block these all the time. Like if you hit it, you're lucky. Like if this thing catches you, just you know count for the fact that you're probably going back to the game over screen <laughs> and you got to start it over. But they put it in there for the chance that like you do swing in time to block it. It's it's just a tremendous tremendous game. It's perfect on the go. It's beautiful. It's it's actually one of those games where even though it's like small architecture. And you know, like just like the style of game that it is, there's just so much detail. It's, it runs so well. Like the Switch is however many years old now, and these games are coming out, and it's just one of the smoothest experiences I've had. It, it's it's really really fun. I actually, I think you would dig it, Dave. Is it priced as a AAA title? Oh yeah, yeah. You're paying Nintendo tax, man. Of course. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. just, cu- just curious. I don't play a lot of but games. Limited out of touch. No, it's 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 just one of those things. Actually, honestly, I'll lend it to you when when I'm done with it. Um, but. Um, it's it's just great like it's hmm. it's nice to see you know like it's it's clearly a triple a game for what it is but i remember when it was announced there's a lot of discourse in the internet of like well why should i pay some you know in canada like why should i pay 79.99 for this game you know when there's you know for the same price i can play this triple a big budget like super budget game on the playstation yeah but like price doesn't always equal to like graphics like you know gameplay goes into consideration and world building and it's it's just to me you know for me again like i really like the, the genre but it equates the price like 100 percent. it's 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 super super fun and i'm not the only one it's the i think it's the best selling one in the series now uh, okay already i i believe like it's so just, definitely it's, worth it yeah. to you Oh my god, yeah. I'm, like I said, I have not been able to play anything or, or do anything else. I've just been playing Metroid, yeah. Okay. 
Metroid uh, Dread was that one called? Dread, yeah. Metroid, Metroid Dread, Dread on Switch. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a peek at that, homie. Yeah. Um, I got a quick one mm. because I finally kind of like have made a call on eighty six. Oh, so I I was I think like last post show, I was like maybe a little too lukewarm on it <laughs> because I think that they had like a kind of a rough one or two episodes that didn't really do it for me um i'm on episode six now and my verdict is this so far um i I at least have a definitive feeling on it and my definitive feeling is that this is a good show that you should watch because i more than anything i think like I'd, i'd be curious for your thoughts and i think we could have some good discussion on it um it's it's a it's a really good show potentially i think that there are maybe a couple of things preventing it from being like a great show but i definitely see what the hype is all about because it is it is like one of the bigger shows currently running yeah, um, oh yeah. It, you know it, it, it gets like a ton of press or a ton of uh just hype on the internet so i think i understand that um you know relatively early uh, I'm not gonna offer any kind of plot spoilers because I, I do want you to watch it. But I, but I will say, um, you know, there are a couple of twists probably within the first six episodes that shake up the show in a pretty effective way. Um, and I did not see either of them coming, and I think that has like kind of doubled down my interest in the show. Um, they're playing off some really really interesting things. Like there there are a lot of Vivi vibes in this show that I think I said last time. Um, you know, AI is involved, post-apocalyptic stuff is involved, futuristic warfare, um, you know, lots of relationships, camaraderie, all that kind of stuff. It's all very, very uh, fun that way, and it's kind of grim, and the music is actually pretty great as well. I think you'd be, I think you'd like the OP, actually. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah, every time I turn it on, I'm like, oh, God, I'm curious. This. But it's funny because you never know, right? Like, I might be totally wrong. Like, you might be like, this is drivel. Oh, um, my God. I'm sure. I'm sure it's not. No, but it's one of those things that I think is just probably maybe a little divisive. Uh, anyway, so that's just where I'm at really quickly on 86. Um, I'm going to continue watching it. I will probably be caught up in the next several weeks to, like, live because it's, you know, I think there's not many episodes out to begin with. Um, I was going to say, because yeah. they're kind of in like a second, not quite a second season, but it's like a second half of the first season situation. I, th- right I think that's the deal. Yeah, I think they're okay. like, you know, I think there might be total like 15 episodes or something, and I'm guesstimating or kind of taking a ballpark oh. on it. But uh, but anyway, I, I think it is definitely worth a watch. If you're kind of so-so on it uh, and you're in, you know, you're listening and you're unsure if you, you should check it out, I would, th- I would say check it out. Uh, and it's maybe one of the shows that like, you do two episodes of, you know, like to start with, like you get the pilot and the subsequent pilot episode right out of the way, watch episodes one and two, just cause like there is some world building stuff they kind of have to like accomplish before they can kick you into the story. Um, but I do have like some complaints, like kind of thematically that I'm curious, like kind of what your thoughts would be, but I don't want to spoil anything other than that. I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to, because that's the thing like it's been <laughs> it's funny of any show in 2021 of any of the seasons the one that's been like on the absolute corner of my eye has been 86 like it's just i've been looking at it from a just from a distance you know i think yeah. maybe tokyo revengers almost had that spot in the early days and then you know you know you had sold me on it and i had caught up and we you know we did the week to week thing and but 86 has just been there like I, it's like i'm staring at it every week and it's yeah. like do i just do it but i think i think i should just to, I, I i'm i'm more curious as like what you're talking about i you know yeah. i want to see your view of it and, and and do the comparison that'd be i'm definitely gonna fire that up I'm, I'm torn saying this but at this juncture you know and this is unfair to both shows but you know whatever it's my podcast uh <laughs> <laughs> if you guys got beef come on the show uh but i I would say like uh the way i feel about it right now is it it's definitely probably a stronger show than tokyo revengers tokyo revengers had i think you know it's not it's not unfair to say it had a lot of problems um sure yeah 86 is by far from is far from perfect but like i think there's like enough here that like it's good exactly right it it's kind of like we said for the vivi review 
it's a little unfair sometimes to hold shows to such a standard because like we've had such a ridiculously good year uh, mm. in anime. This is like very much the exception and not the rule. Um, like sometimes like shows just sort of take you for a ride, you know, and you're not thinking about, and that's how it should be, right? Like you shouldn't be sitting there like nitpicking. You should just try and enjoy things. But every now and then, you know, like like these, you know, these little things come up. And you're like, ah, you're, yeah. you're sabotaging yourself a little bit. Why are you doing this? Why are you making this choice? I don't know. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't want to talk on it anymore because I'm gonna I'm gonna get into spoiler territory. More okay. than anything, I want well, you to watch it. But next week we'll we'll have a conversation about eighty six for sure. Sure, sounds good. Um, okay, before. Is there anything you want to talk about before we get into movie review? Or do you think we're yeah, good? Yeah, that's going to be a big one. Um, let me I, I'll, let me just jump in with one. I, mm-hmm. So Halloween night, um, you know, our tradition is uh, you know we we get a pizza and we you know after trick or treating and all that, <clears throat> we uh, also Leanna was out with trick or treating, two tangeros. Uh, Seriously? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like Leanna, you know, she was getting ready to leave to go trick or treating, and uh, I was like, keep an eye out. I was like, I guarantee you, like Demon Slayer's so hot right now, like <laughs> you're definitely gonna see like a couple tangerines, maybe in Naruto. And uh, she's like, oh, I hope so. And she came back, and she's like, I saw two and in Ezuko. <laughs> no <laughs> like, way. And and yeah, like she... you don't live in like. Uh you know, a really, really flooded, like, area where you're seeing thousands of kids, like, it's probably not a majorly huge sample size. So that's pretty great. Like, to put it in perspective, like, I, I, like I, I did a tally for kids coming to the door mm-hmm. and 41 okay. by the end of the night. So, like, you know, like, that's small, but it's not, like, a major, you know, like, yeah. I remember, you know, years ago when I lived, in, you know, in the city, like, we'd get, like, north of 100 kids coming yeah. to the I door. I saw someone you know what I, on Reddit post that they have a clicker that they used to count. And they were in, like, mm. Nashville or something, and they got oh, 1,400 shit. kids. That's insane. I was like, what? Yeah, it was it was, it was, was a bit of a challenge. Also, like, first year, like, having a dog in Halloween, and he was such oh, a good Oh, God, how was he? Yeah. He was good, man. All the like, knocking, though? Point. No, well, I was pretty quick on the draw. I saw, like, I didn't give the kid anyone a chance to knock at the door, because he'd go ballistic, so I was, you know, ready to go. Yeah. But he was just, like, you know scoop up between my legs and just didn't dart out the door just looking at the kids and happy happy to see the kids and he's a big was, it was a good bundle Halloween. of love big bundle of love but anyway so you know after the trigger training uh you know we have a tradition we have some pizza and you know we watch you know a scary movie and i love that you guys have a tradition because of course you do <laughs> oh, oh yeah i mean like it's you know like you gotta traditions are important you of know? course yeah and um so we watched the lighthouse Oh, um, uh, Robert Pattinson? Robert Pattinson, Willem Dafoe. I, I have been, This is, like, in recent memory, the movie that, I, like, I hate myself for not seeing in the theaters was The Lighthouse. And it was just, like, one thing after another. Didn't get a chance to see it. Couldn't find anywhere to see it. You know, came out... I think it was on Prime Video. It's been on Prime Video for, you know, since, like, it came out. God, and that's such a good movie chance. to watch on Halloween. I'm so fucking oh. jealous. Man, oh, I it watched. Was it was great. Okay, before you give your review, I, our, we watched um, Harry Potter one. <laughs> oh, nice! And Hocus Pocus, <laughs> and like Never you know, seen that. Never the, seen oh wow, that. that's interesting. Um, you know, both nostalgic, both fun Halloween films. Damn, I would have watched The Lighthouse if I could have. Ah, oh, it was great, and because years and years ago, um, I think when you know when Leanna and I first started dating, our first Halloween together, we watched The Witch. And Ooh. it's the same guy that did the lighthouse, Robert Eggers. Hey, is that and, uh, uh, Daniel Radcliffe? No, uh, it, it's a uh, scream queen herself, uh, Anya Taylor Joy. Okay. In in that one. But I've heard um, good things about the witch. Oh, it's very good, and that's you know, it, it was a movie that it, it kind of left a like a very lasting impression, and it kind of created this new Halloween night for us. And like you know, Leanna and I started to seek out more and more. I've always kind of liked horror. I'm a bit of a pussy when it comes to that stuff, you know. Oh, like I, I, dude, I gotta have too. someone in the room with me, and 100. Um, anyway, so it kind of like started like you know us like getting into more thrillers and, and horror movies, and I was like, oh, this is perfect. Like the lighthouse, you know, it'll be like that Halloween years ago, and date like the movie is just like flat out tremendous. Like it's it's really eh? oh my, have you not seen it? No, <laughs> it's, I hate it's, myself. It's very, Oh, it's it's very good. I think you would like it. It's it's one of those movies where I had an expectation in my mind. Like I knew about 
the famous monologues from from Willem Dafoe and 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 Robert Pattinson's performance, like very depraved performance, and. I genuinely like I genuinely don't have the words or mental capacity to truly do this movie justification like I'm not smart enough to to break down everything in the movie but the thing I can get into is I'm a huge you know I know he's a little it's hard to say you love H.P. Lovecraft right now because a lot of the works are not exactly you know 2021 friendly like you know again it was a guy from long time ago writing about things that he probably had no Sure. You know, like, yeah, yeah. you know, it's of the times, but I was going to say it was, the, it's a, a reflection of the times. A reflection that's, of the times. That's okay. It doesn't make it good, but you know, it is what it is. But yeah. I just love the Lovecraftian lore and you know, um, a board game that's been big in my family and you know, like you know, between D and D nights and board game nights, it's usually this game called Eldritch Horror that we love, love, love. And I've I've read a ton of the books. This might as well have been an adaption of a H.P. Lovecraft book. It was really. Oh, it was so good. It hit all the notes, even like hit all like the mental horror of <laughs> his work and just the fear and just the, the like the loss of sanity. It was a truly, truly unsettling movie without having to go to unreal lengths to like fucking scare you. It just it presented with just like, you know, how the mind like rots itself away in these instances. And just by the end of it, you're just like <laughs> whoa <laughs> you know like by the end of the movie i was like it was just such a potent ending the room was just quiet you know the way it kind of just ends out and you're listening to the sea and like the seagulls and it's like fuck man that was that was a movie i really 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 liked it it was again like similar to your name you know guys if you haven't listened check out the your name podcast we did true that um it was one of those movies that like it's just been there i've been staring at it. i know i'm gonna love it i yep. just haven't gotten to it yet yeah it's just been in my sights and I finally got to see it, and fucking amen. Awesome, Son awesome, awesome movie. a bitch. I'm so jealous, yeah. Yeah, yeah perfect yeah. Halloween night movie. Absolutely, that is a perfect Halloween night movie. That's funny. Like, it's one of those things, like, I'm in the same boat. It's been on my list, you know, it kind of flies under the radar. You know you're going to like it, but you never sit down to do it. Son of a bitch. Yeah, good for you. I'm glad I'm glad you liked it, man. That's awesome. And it was, it was, it was a nice thing, too. Like, I always, I don't know why, I just had this visual you know picture of the movie of the whole movie taking place in a room mm -hmm. and like that's it and it's not that oh it's, okay it's, it's it, it works in the space of the area and like you see it's it's way more than i thought it was and then I'll, I'll leave it at that but it's again if you love horror movies if you love just you know the cosmic horror elements you know yeah. even then like it's it's isolation movies fucking the lighthouse is the one to watch it's really good really good yeah all right maybe i'll uh try and float that one for a watch uh, sooner rather than later the next serious movie i have on like my my hit list is uh uh riz ahmed and uh sound of metal oh i've seen, seen that i've been wanting to see that too maybe we should coordinate that one then and yeah, uh you know just for the post show or something but but yeah wait did he win i can't remember if he won know. or not. I know he was nominated for an Oscar It for was that. nominated, yeah. Yeah, but... Uh, that was the one when, when at Oscars time, you know, I, I put that the the list together of movies that are nominated for Best Picture, and I was like, all right, Leanna, we got to pick three, or, or two, or whatever it was, God. and we ended up picking Nomadland, and we got halfway through it, and Leanna's like, we should have watched The Sound of Metal, and I'm like, fuck, you're right, we should have watched that. I mean, I do that every fucking year where I'm yeah. like, all right, this year I'm going to get in touch with it. I'm going to watch all the Oscar flicks. And I'm mm. lucky if I, sometimes I'm lucky if I get one in. You know what mm. I mean? And uh, and yeah, go figure. Okay. Um, is it time? It's time. Dune. Dune. Uh, have you guys heard of it? <laughs> it's uh, Dune, I think, was diagnosed as the cause of death for the last duel. Oh my God. Nailed it. Stabbed it in the throat repeatedly. Um, so I guess we should maybe decide right now for the audience. Mm. D you know, do we want to do spoilers or not? Because no, let's let's not do spoilers. This yeah. is. I, I agree. I think we is, can actually do yeah. justice by this movie, and we can mm -hmm. give a fair review without spoilers. I, I think we're very cap capable of that. Very very doable. Yeah. Um, okay. I'll, let's. Uh, I'll start us off because you just talked about the lighthouse. Um, I really liked this movie. I don't think it's perfect, um, but I do think 
it pulls off, and this is maybe like just like sort of the headline of my whole experience with it, is that it pulls off um, the feeling of an epic that feels mm. original and in space, um, and and that's hard to do. I know that sounds kind of like an underwhelming review, but that's like kind of my thesis statement is like this feels epic, it feels cinematic, that's hard to do without losing yourself along the way. And I think this movie is so dense that there are tons of opportunities to lose yourself along the way, whether it's in character, plot, story, what lore, and they don't. They pretty much keep the train on the track, is my feeling. Um, As a reader of the book, Dave, they did a fucking valiant job. (laughs) I was with my dad, and and, and he read the book um, and and saw the original movie and did not like it. But he was Mm. very happy with this one. Um, That's good. So anyway, that's where I'm at. Where are you at? Yeah, it was... It was it was awesome. I did find um, it, it was funny. You kind of warned me last week when we talked about like the pitfalls of having read the source material and being such a big fan of the source material. Yeah, and I didn't. I feel like the first time I watched it, you know, or when I when we saw it. Also, too, we went and saw it in IMAX. Holy fuck! I was un I was not prepared for the volume of the speakers in that goddamn theater. Yeah, that's too. I, I that thing that thing rattled my fucking eardrums. I basically had my fingers like stuffed into my ears for majority of the movie. Yeah. Um, you know. But anyway. But that aside, like I, it, it was kind of like I almost treated it like a game. I was like, oh, they're doing this, they're doing that, and like it was just it was so much. Like once I, I'll watch it again and kind of just like enjoy it as it is. But I was so excited in the moment. It was kind of hard to just kind of turn my brain off and just watch the movie i was like oh they're doing this they're pulling from that part it was just it was just like sent like sensory overload yeah i found for the movie i just like again i really enjoyed it it was beautiful some of the like i think this might be the new poster child for blending of practical and cg effects you know it's it's almost like you just can't tell like it's obviously cg but the but, scale is just so well like it, it's it's actually shocking it, it Again, like obviously he made Blade Runner and Arrival, but well, that's what we're best in those movies. The scale was just yeah. perfect. Denis Villeneuve might be the perfect guy for that, considering what he mm-hmm. pulled off in those two movies. Like just yeah, uh, you know, uh, photography wise and, and cinematography mm-hmm. wise. But yeah, sorry, I keep going. No, it just you know it was it was great, man. Like the like the music too, like the Hans Zimmer soundtrack. It was. I was a little worried because you know like he's done other stuff outside of like the Nolan movies. But I was just afraid that this was just going to sound like a Nolan sci-fi movie. Yeah. Like another, like, you know, I didn't want it to sound exactly like Inception or Interstellar. It was, like, very, like, parts were playing, I was like, fuck yeah, like, this is, like, the tune of Arrakis, you know? Like, it's, like, it, it fits so well to the, everyone's themes and the motifs, like, kind of coming in through the movie. Like, I'm, I'm a nerd for that shit and kind of just how, like, the music can tell a story. And it's really good for sci-fi and fantasy are really good at kind of setting the tone for that. Yep. And you know, that's probably one of the biggest downs, standouts is, is the score. And um, I, I, I totally yeah. agree. Sorry. <laughs> I keep interrupting you. Go ahead. No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's a conversation to interrupt. Like it's, I think this is a success. Like awesome. Absolutely. You know, like it's good to see. Also, it's good to see, you know, like this is an original thought. I had heard this, you know, I'd listen to a, um, the, listen to a podcast today. Um, talking about the big picture they were talking about Dune and Chris Ryan on there made a point of like and I hadn't really thought of this and he's like how nice is it to go see this big epic sci-fi movie and it not being like trying to throw in jokes every five seconds to remind you hey this Ugh, is a Marvel movie my god you know? and I was like and I hadn't thought of it I was like oh you're right like they dude kept yeah the tone of, they kept the tone of the book and they you know they and that's the thing too like there's a couple scenes in the book that I was really, really, really hoping they were going to put in the movie. And there was, like, it wasn't just ones, like, I knew they never would. There was a couple that there's debatable that they could have snuck into the movie somehow, and they didn't make it. There's one dinner scene in the book that I was, it was almost like a banquet, and I was like, that would be mm-hmm. just the scale. Just from the trailers and all that, I was like, that would be really cool to see. They, eventually, they, they didn't do it. They kind of turned it into, like, a 20-second scene mm-hmm. with Javier Bardem, <laughs> the first time you meet Javier Bardem. But, um, but I don't know, it's... It was crazy. Like, as a reader of the book, I was really, really, really happy with this. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, I think yeah. like uh, book readers, uh, readers of the source material, generally speaking, are the hardest people to please in these uh, mm-hmm. kind of endeavors, and I think that's a really good sign that you liked it. Uh, side question: Was Javier Bardem because it cats out of the bag now? 
was he credited as being in this movie? I knew he was in this movie. Okay, I remember okay. you knew in advance. He was in it. Okay, yeah, the, just so, the years out. Okay, so I don't think I don't think that was a surprise. For no, people, I, so. I I just wasn't following it closely, and I didn't know he was in the movie, and he was a complete mm. surprise for me. And I was like, "Is that Perfectly Javier casted. fucking Barnett?" And there was another Perfectly guy. Casted. Oh, he's so good. And there's another guy, and I don't know if he's. Uh, I don't know if he's advertised as being in the movie. And then I, when I realized, like, holy shit, that's fucking so-and-so, I, I was, like, really stoked on it. So Javier Bardem was... Now, now um, I'm really curious who it is. Well, I'll tell you off air. But uh, okay. All right. I, I was, you know, there, there's... What a hell of a cast. It's like an Avengers movie, um, but like you said, without having to undercut it to appeal to as many mm. people as possible. And I'm not shitting on the MCU. Like, the MCU no. is a big part of what brought, like, our film journey together and what got us talking about movies um but i think one of the more common criticisms they have is is they drop comedy uh they put comedy beats into just about every conversation even the serious ones um and it really you know cheapens a lot of the the important moments and there's none of that in this in this uh in this movie um it's really i think the one one of the biggest standouts for me is again this isn't this isn't a spoiler but in like in the you know having read the book um, there's the whole, like, the voice, you know. Yes. And it was one of those things where... How did you, you feel know, about that mechanic? Because I went in completely cold, and I know you so, had mentioned, like, how are they going to do this? How did you feel they did? Knocked it out of the park. That was the one thing, because even, like, cause sometimes, like, your imagination can only do so much when you read. Like, the books are very dense. They're a very old style. Like, it was written in the 60s. Yeah. Not that it's, like, old English or anything like mm-hmm. that. But it's, you know, just the way it's written... Um, I was like, it was it was funny. Like in the, this isn't really a spoiler because it's just a scene in the movie where you know Lady Jessica is prompting um, you know Paul, like uh, Timothy, Timothy Chalamet's Chalamet, character, yeah. to use the voice, yep. and he's like, okay, and I'm like, oh my god, are they just gonna like? Is he just gonna speak, and then they're gonna like she's just gonna fucking move the cup? Yeah, and I was like, oh, like how are they gonna do this? There's, and he caught ooh, me. Yeah. So when the scene happens, it caught me off guard. I was like, these motherfuckers nailed it. Like, that's, it was like, I didn't yeah. know that's what I wanted. And it was just, it was, it was, it was great. You know, like, there's, oh, yeah, I, when it's, I think this is a movie when it's out a little bit longer, we could shit, like, sit down and, like, really, really get into it because there's so many cool things, minute moments. This is almost like just you and I, like, an over beer, over beers conversation. Like, there's, this movie is just the scope is so massive, you know. Yeah. I just I'm I'm just happy to see it, you know. Like not everything made it into it in the movie. Mm-hmm. That's obvious. That was never going to happen. But they I think they really really tried to like get all the stuff, you know. It's well, you can just yeah. tell the way he approached, and and we'll get into this more soon. But the way they approached it is they very clearly knew we're not doing this in one movie. Mm-hmm. They put part one in the title. That's not a spoiler. This is a smart move. Um, smart move yeah. smart move you know just sort of like because of the circumstance and i get it and you know it feels like most and i'm not you know taking shots in anything in particular but a lot of movies most movies frankly would look at the script or the source material and go well it's just going to be hard to get them to commit so let's just do our best and let's do one movie um and you know it like i'm glad that they like he made a decision up front like no not happening let's do really detailed part one probably another really detailed part two um i and think if I it think does part well two yeah. is gonna be way more detailed i think because if not a gripe with this movie because i think you know they clearly had to do it but there was a lot of like oh that's how this works and this device and and that was the other thing too like the devices like you know just i've read these in the books like the thumper i was like i was trying to visualize yeah. the thumper. I, was, I was i always thought of it as like a little ball and then you know it's like more like a garden stake like garden stake and i don't know it just man you the you know just like the imagination of like comparing everyone it was really cool when you're in the theater like we saw the movie at like three in the afternoon on yeah, monday us too that's funny or yeah or yeah uh yesterday and uh it was literally just like i was in the theater full of like men in their 50s to 60s like long hippie hair you know with their <laughs> wives and it was just like yeah man i'm like with the original readers right now it was awesome like everyone everyone was really happy walked out people we walked to the theater and leanna just looked at me and she was like wow like i have not seen a movie like that in a long time yeah that's and just and she's like 
I need you to find your copy of the book. I'd like to read that. And yeah. I was like, right. Like that's that's a good thing. That's what you want to see. I, I'm, an adaption s- of a book. I'm seriously considering it as well. Uh, you should. It's, as it's, maybe one of my next reads. If there was no Dune, there would no be there would not be Star Wars. Mm-hmm. You know, there wouldn't be all these other sci-fi epics. Like it is. You know, it's not the original sci-fi novel, but like no one had done it. Like, but Frank it's a Herbert. big one. Yeah. 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 Um, a couple notes, uh, just because I, I want to make sure I mention these things. Rebecca Ferguson, uh, Lady Jessica, mm. big time scene stealer, like hell of a performance. I thought she did really well. She was like kind of my standout for the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not seen a lot of Timothy Chalamet, like ever. And uh, I think, and again, no spoilers, I think like his character is straight up tricky. Like, mm-hmm. there's no way around that. Like, this is just a hard character to play, and I think that he does well. So, it's like, a messianic story, right? Like, how is it hard not to come off as like an entitled Jesus type character? It's he. To- there's a line, and like he, he was yeah. there, man. Like, yeah, really, good. really, really hard role, and I think he d- he did a good job, and that's like that just says a lot. Um, For me, Oscar Isaac absolutely nailed Duke Leto. Like, yeah, straight out of the book. Interesting. <laughs> Oscar Isaac I liked Uh, I thought Jason Momoa did a good job as well the performances generally speaking are pretty good all around I don't think I was sitting around thinking anybody did did badly Um, I think Josh Brolin there's a scene with Josh Brolin where he scared the shit out of me in in my seat I was like holy fuck I think I know which one you mean and and yeah yeah, caught me off guard it was really good yeah I think the big win for me in the whole movie is and I said this at the beginning, there is no way around the fact that the lore and the plot and the story, it's dense. Like there's no way around mm-hmm. that. And mm-hmm. I think an inferior filmmaker would really struggle and you would either get rush story and lore or character takes a back seat so that they and they do too much time on story and lore. And I think like Denis Villeneuve like sort of deftly like weaves in and out of like now we're going to talk about lore and story now we're going to talk about character and the audience mm-hmm. never gets bored or lost and that's like a huge feat in a two and a half hour movie in 2021 when like audiences are relatively sophisticated nowadays um, you know we've seen a lot um, like the you know the space epic is not necessarily a new thing for audiences um, and like we're used to a lot of the same tropes, but like everything felt fresh. No, none of it ever felt tired. Like I think the pacing of the whole movie is probably like its biggest strength, because because mm-hmm. this movie is I think among the easiest movies to fuck up like irreparably, mm-hmm. and he just didn't. Like he just he, it's just good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is that fair? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. I think that's probably it. Oh, one other thing I'll just say, and again, not spoilery whatsoever, but I saw some, like, a little bit of noise out there, people complaining that Zendaya doesn't have a ton of screen time. You know, uh, what, I, what I would just say well, very... Well, i just say watch the movie, and you'll yeah. you'll understand. It's very, you know, stay away from the headline, watch the movie, it makes sense. And I'm it's gonna, very as clear. A, as a reader of the book, they nailed her screen time. Yeah, and you know, yeah, as they in, honestly could have used her less, in my opinion. Yeah, they, yeah, I think they probably, uh, you know, my my instinct. But go ahead. She's she's a big part of the marketing machine. I understand why she's in it for the amount that she is, but I feel like if they really wanted, I'm not saying to nail like out of the book, but you know, there's certain sequences with her that like absolutely should have been in here, but there was clearly other ones that I think could have waited. Mm-hmm. So it's I don't know, but it's I don't know, it's fucking internet. Zendaya Hive, I imagine, are the ones that are upset she's not in enough. Yeah, but it works. Uh, you know, see the yeah. movie and, and it works. Okay. Absolutely. The Dune Review. Non-spoilers. You're welcome. You're welcome. All right, fella. Um, do you have anything else you'd like to talk about? I got one little thing. Okay. I got one more after I, this, too, so it works. I got a... I've, it's so funny. Like, for years... You know, it's it's just been a show. I watched the first season of Peaky Blinders uh, over the past uh, couple really? days. Really, I watched the pilot like uh, a little while ago. Interesting. And it's it's just one of those shows that I have to watch it because, you know, like my brother loves Peaky Blinders. Like that's one of his shows. And you know, it's it, I, I watched the first season. I enjoyed it. 
and I remember like there's just something about it that like I just didn't continue into the second season for what for whatever reason. Yeah. And after seeing the last duel and been, you know, just talking a lot with people about like you know period pieces and I was just like fuck it like yeah, I don't I might know put why. you in the it mood just, eh. It was just one of those things like I'm I'm just gonna give Peaky Blinders to watch, and you know I I ripped through the first six episodes in a couple days, or the first season in a couple days, and. Uh, Good show, and but the thing I want to talk about is I don't understand the usage of modern music in period piece movies and shows. It actually mm. annoys the shit out of me. Like, keep your fucking like it, it's kind of like douchey rock and <laughs> douchey guitar that they kind of blend into like them walking down the street. And it's like, could you guys not spend the money and make like a good of the times like Boardwalk Empire? You know, they use the music of the times. Mm-hmm. You know, like like the you know the nineteen twenties and you know like the swing band or the big big bands and all this and that and Mad uh, Men orchestra and and Mad, you know Mad Men too, and it just when I watched this show, I, I was like I couldn't put my you know my my like it was on the tip of my tongue. I was like, what does this remind me of? And and watching it again, you know, this past couple of days is like, oh my god, Sons of Anarchy. It reminds me of like a night, like early like nineteen hundred or late nine or like nineteen twenties ish, or like post World War One era, but like mm-hmm. with rock music thrown into it, and it's like the same like shots of them walking into the distance. I was like, and I like Sons of Anarchy, and it kind of worked with that, you know. But it's just like I, I don't I don't understand like this emphasis on dad rock, radio rock. It clearly sounds original for the show, but it's just it takes me out of it in like really major scenes. It's like, why the fuck are you hitting me with this music right now? It's it's so strange to me. But it's, again, it's really good. I'm gonna wa- I'm gonna keep watching it. But uh, yeah, sounds like a big faux pas. That that's like one of the worst things that you can do is like when you do something so jarring that the audience members look at each other and go, "What was that?" Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I'm not saying that's what the, what the music thing was, but, like, sometimes, like, you get, like, shows make this choice, and mm. it it just, it completely interrupts everybody's concentration on the show, right? You want people to be tuned in, watching the show, not sitting there talking about the music, because yeah. it doesn't fit. That's the thing. It's crazy, because it's, it's incredibly well acted. It's very well written. Um, you know, visually, it's very good. Like, it's... You know, it ver- when, as far as period pieces go, it's 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 very well made, and then it's it's just like why like why is this this total left field move involved with the rest of it? You know, it, it's it, it would honestly elevate the show to a higher level if they had normal music, like music that is or a score that associated with with the theme of the show, and this dad rock just it gets under my skin, man. Like it's it just every yeah. time like you hear the guitar coming in, they're like, oh my god, it just sounds so douchey, like. I don't know. It's it blows my mind, but it's that floats people's goats. So I don't know. I uh, I remember they had a strong pilot, but I never returned for whatever reason. It's definitely like I would say the first two episodes of the first season are, are like very strong, and then it mm. kind of it wobbles a bit towards the end. Mm. And even like the finale of season one, I was kind of like, oh yeah, like I'm not coming right, back. Well, no, it's you know like I I, I want to continue because like so many big like Tom Hardy's in it. At one point, uh, Adrian Brody's in it. Um, wow, those are big names. You know, yeah, like a lot of people are drawn to the show, and I've I've seen interviews with like Tom Hardy being like, yeah, like fucking Peaky Blinders is like the shit. Like he loved being on that show, you know. So it's like, well, well did you ever you see know, his pe- pe- sort of period piece? Taboo. Uh, HBO I've Taboo. Yeah. To check that out. Oh, that's a good one, man. I yeah. I, uh, I think they've been rumored to do season two for a while, but like Hardy's schedule plus COVID plus all that stuff. Mm. That was a few years ago now. Um, I, I truthfully don't even know if it would hold up. I know I loved it at the time, but that might be one to, to rewatch. That's the one where he gets he gets stranded in like the African wilderness, eh? And he comes back after like a few years and being like living in the woods. Oh, yeah. I think that's like, and this isn't really a spoiler, but I think that's like his character's backstory. I don't think that like, oh. I don't think you see that shit. I think oh, like, okay. I think he returns to like, fuck, I don't know, mid-century London or some shit after having experienced that and he's weird as fuck now and like you know he's doing his weird tom hardy shit which to be frank like he's basically just playing himself he's weird as fuck sure but uh anyway yeah i think i think maybe i'll check that out maybe, maybe that's what i'll check out next before i do a second season of Peaky Blinders. Yeah, but yeah you know try the pilot if you've got uh yeah you probably have it on demand or whatever try, try the pilot 
Um, okay, so maybe we'll close then on uh, Squid Games. Have you heard of the show? <laughs> yeah, I'm meaning to get back to it. Yeah. Uh, uh, where are you on Squid Games? I'm still on uh, third episode. Oh, okay. Uh, did or, you... S- no, I'm halfway through this third episode. Oh, okay. Well, I watched the third episode. So, okay. um, we're... Talk about we're well, I'm not really going to go too, too in-depth anyway. Uh, all I'll really say is, like, uh, the third episode, um, I don't know if it's the best by best so far, but, like, the more I watch of this show, the more it's just, like, not what I expected, if that makes mm. sense. I think, like, just the nature of shows going viral these days can sometimes, like, cheapen them. Does that make sense? Sure. Like, yeah, I, you know, and I'm not saying this to be in like a pretentious way or to be like, uh, you know, if it's the mainstream thing, then it's not cool. Right. Like, I'm not saying that. But sometimes when you see like a show just get memed to death and and it's just like such a huge part of like just pop culture, it's like, OK, what am I signing up for? Is this the Taylor Swift of shows? No offense, yeah. Taylor Swift. But you know what I mean? It's like, what what is what am I getting into here? And uh, I don't know. I know. I know. I'm coming off like a little bit, you know, froofy and pretentious right now. But like, I, I guess what I'm saying is I'm surprised that it's as good as it is, because <laughs> yeah. like just from the trailers, from the marketing, from the social media posts, I was kind of just expecting this to be like watch a, a like watch people in Korea just like die. Like, mm. you know what I mean? Like it was just kind of sold as this like almost like saw-esque kind of thing and i don't even know if that's like on netflix or i don't know if that's on their marketing so much as it is like just like what society did with the show do you know what i mean like people just like go ahead to jump to jump on one of the points you made do you think this was a product that was made and then sold to netflix or was this like developed with a long netflix you know for a big viewership like Netflix saw the script like oh shit like this is something the algorithm is gonna love. I know that they know? made it. You know they. I think that they. I don't know. That's a big question. I know that it was developed with Netflix, um, and that like, you know, they are. You know, they put it like their algorithm machine behind it. But at the mm-hmm. same time, and you know, we talk. We've talked about this before. Like they get to choose, right? Like their machine mm-hmm. is so big that they get to push whatever they want to push. Um, sure. At the same time, it's not infallible. They push it all the time. That doesn't hit. Mm. I, you know, I, I'm sure that they had a feeling that like this is kind of something special, and we're taking kind of a calculated risk on it because it does feel like they spent some money on this. Um, mm. But at the same time, like you know, you can't guarantee a hit. There's no hit machine, uh, you know, unless you're in the MCU. But like, I don't know. No, I'm I mean, kidding. Eternals is taking a dig right now. <laughs> I know. Eh? That's very weird. Interesting, but. Um, but who knows? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's hard, it's hard to say. But anyway, I guess like my to sum up, I think my expectations were a little bit out of whack, and uh, it turns out the good the show that everybody said was great uh, is pretty great. So you know, I'll I'll take the L on that, and uh, I'm gonna keep watching. Uh, I'm really enjoying it. Like, lot you know, there's just lots of uh, really fun shit. It's a really different kind of storytelling that I'm not used to. So I think I like everybody else, and like enjoying it kind of like a, a breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, like we can kind of briefly touch like the second episode I thought was really good. Like just them going back home. Yeah. Okay. So spoiler warning for two and down. Oh, yeah. So, so what happens? Sorry. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So they get out of the games cause they vote, they get a majority vote yeah. and they all leave the games. And then the second episode, what happens is them, it's them just kind of like going back to their lives and just seeing the losslessness on a lot of them. I'm like, Oh fuck. This was the life I had. It was depravity. And it, it was actually crazy, the turnaround time of them deciding, yeah, I'm going to go back. Yep. And the fucking sick part is, like, how they all knew it, and they were on them right away. Of like, oh, you want to come back? No problem. Like, you know, it's it, it was weird. It, I don't know, man. It's very unsettling. For an episode that was, like, had the sci-fi stuff ripped out of it and was kind of back to the real world, mm-hmm. it was... It was very like elevated and like very scary, you know. Well, and it was really very poignant. Po- very potent episode. Yeah, yeah. You know, a big part of the uh, national conversation right now, where we are, is just is just wealth inequality, and and you know that's been obviously top of mind for a long time for a lot of people, but 
you know, these people have it, have it so bad. Um, but they're all such, they're all so human. It's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, th- we keep coming back to this, or I keep thinking about this one thing you and I talked about. Uh, it might've been because of Sunny Boy, but about how like you could have a concept that is so like balls to the wall out there, outer space out there, but it, you know, doesn't that's really just a setting it's really just an environment for grounded characters to exist and have relationships sometimes um and squid games the idea is kind of ridiculous but also not but it's pretty out there but at the end of the day like it's about it's about the people right absolutely and they're all god do you ever feel for these people (laughs) like god damn it was crazy like when they go back you know when, when they go back to the game i just had this moment so i was on the couch by myself watching it and i was just like ah like return to oz you know like it was yeah. it, there's like weird elements to wizard of oz of this show just like the surrealness and like you know like the fish you know it's a fish out of water story you mm-hmm. know it's like kind of set in kind of what it is with all the people in from like their community more or less like their country you know it's i don't know they they really tee up some things in the second episode and like i said i got like 20 minutes into the third episode so i kind of got some follow-up but i think the last scene i saw in the third episode is the pickpocket girl like about to shank the old woman in the bathroom oh yes in a stall and then like i, I fell asleep <laughs> oh that's funny <laughs> i was like ever waking up I'm like wow that last thing i saw was pretty intense like I gotta go back okay to that, you, but... yeah you might not be super far in then uh to the third uh, or maybe mm. maybe you are about halfway that makes sense um but yeah, that, that episode, um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, it's got it's got some uh, like just some fun plot development, I would say, and some some again more fun character stuff. I might watch one. Uh, yeah, I think I might watch one this evening. But yeah, it's good, man. Um, yeah, you know, we're a little late to the party, but I'm never really upset about that. So nah, you're, you were in the same calendar year. We're fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Squid Games, yeah, big fans. Uh, is that about it for this week? What do you think? Yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah, I think we I think we bagged a good one here, Grant. Yeah. Okay. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, if you haven't already, like, comment, subscribe, follow the podcast, support it on whichever social media platform you feel, uh, you know, most comfortable worth uh, with, whether that's Facebook or Meta. Um, see what I did there? That's topical. <laughs> Kids love that shit. Um. But yeah, we're also, you know, we're big on the gram, the Instagram. I've been told that's, you know, the younger audiences are there now. So we, we should, maybe we should get on TikTok. Grant, what do you think about that? <laughs> I, I, ain't, uh, I ain't filing that You'll one. love it. You'll love it. You'll, you'll feel right at home there. Um, okay. Anyway, jokes aside, quit messing around. Check out uh, the podcast. Subscribe if you haven't. Listen to the Your Name review um, if you haven't. Uh, we're doing a run of anime movie reviews right now. And next week, next Wednesday, when you're listening to this, um, we're going to be airing our review for our next anime movie, which is... Brrr, Grant, tell them. Akira. Akira. Have you heard of it? Didn't think so. It's this new indie flick that just hit the streets. Uh, so anyway, we're going to review Akira and then more post shows coming every Friday. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will catch you next time. Say bye guys. Yeah, there you go. Cheers.